You're tuned in to the MBIT podcast, led by Seamus Madan. Economic and financial topics broken down, educating you on your financial journey. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us on the MBIT podcast. I'm your host, Seamus Madan. Uh, and today, Goff Blacksburg, COO of Wolf Financial, is joining us for another episode to discuss some reco- uh, recent market sentiments. How are you today, Goff? Living the dream. So today we'll be discussing uh, the price hype on Trump's SPAC, uh, DWAC, uh, some market sentiment, and uh, what is going on with the meme coin Shiba Inu breaking over $39 billion in market cap. First off, we have two disclaimers for this episode. Number one, the episode is not... Uh, any taking any political stance is only um, an analysis of the facts. And the second, as always, the podcast is not for uh, financial advice and it's for informational purposes only. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, let's begin. All right, first off, Trump's SPAC, uh, DWAC. Now, a SPAC uh, stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company um, that is listed on the stock market with the sole purpose of, a, um, of acquiring other private companies thus making those private companies public without having to go through the traditional IPO process. So basically Trump created a media company called Trump Media Technology. It is now in the stock market um, through that SPAC DWAC and up over 513% in the past month with the intent of competing with some of the largest media companies in the US. Um, The app is called True Social with a lot of price hype. And uh, Gav, do you see it as a potential competitor against companies like Twitter and Facebook? Not in the near future is where I see it. Um, We've discussed this a little bit on some of my spaces, but to build a social media is a massive endeavor. Um, I should know, that's what Wolf is trying to do. And we're trying to do it to a very specialized purpose, right, with finance. But to build a social media that is multi-purpose and multifaceted for all types of engagement is really difficult to do because it requires a massive audience. And it doesn't just require that audience to download the app, it requires them to, uh, what they call stickiness, to come back to it, right? Uh, The one to three to seven day retention rate uh, can really give a lot of details to where social media is doing. And usually after eight days, there's a massive fall off unless you have something um, special. So I'm not sure what DWAC uh, offers from a special perspective uh, for a social media, um, particularly because I don't believe that the current social medias that we have are censored in the way that I think people uh, believe. And I also read the terms and conditions of the Trump social, uh, truth social, and in their terms and conditions, they have, they have plenty of things that they say, like, you can't say this on their platform. That's, it's not a platform where you can just say anything you want. Um, they have, just like many others, they're going to have filters. They don't want to get sued. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't see it as anything different except that they don't have 350 million users already right. or existing marketing or branding. And I see the biggest problem as, you know, about half the country is going to be very anti it, which makes it much harder because people will do things like go onto the app store and drive down, you know, your star rating and people will give negative reviews and like just if they don't like you, which is a very difficult thing to compete right. against, even if you have a lot of people that passionately like you. Yeah, especially that's that's tough, especially when it's taken from a political standpoint. And the thing is, uh, as you mentioned, is it's not very different um, from current social media platforms like YouTube has its own 
um, form of video content creation. TikTok has short video content creation. Instagram is uh, pictures. And then Twitter is uh, short little text, right? Um, and then true social doesn't seem to be able to make it any different from what's already out there on the market and what's available. Um, but Trump does, on the positive side, Trump does have a huge following and it could definitely make a short-term boost. Um, although, uh, on the contrary, he's had most of his businesses that he's had has failed. Um, for example, he's had like six bankruptcies resulting from his businesses. I, so I guess we'll I, just have to see it, let it play out. Yep. My one response to that is he did not have nearly the audience he has when all of his bankruptcies were done, when all of his businesses failed. Um, so I do agree with you, if you get that short-term boost, I don't think there's gonna be massive retention, let alone if it balloons into something like Parler was, you know, they could be removed from the App Store, the Play Store, they could have to only do it through, you know, a web download, which is just very, very difficult way to get users. Yeah, for sure. And in regards to the market sentiment aspect, do you see this uh, price hype of DWAC to follow a similar trend to that of AMC and GameStop? It's difficult to say. Uh, those are actual companies that do have things like earnings and other things that matter a little bit, I think, in the grand scheme. Um, right, this is a SPAC here. Uh, there's not a whole lot of detail that you get from a SPAC besides who's behind it, you know, potential acquisitions, things like that. Um, how much money, I guess, is sitting in the escrow. But I, I really don't know how this is going to trade. I mean, I was just looking at the chart, you know, while we were talking and I'm just looking at the session chart. And obviously, there's not too many sessions yet, maybe eight. Um, I see it almost, it's kind of like how Robinhood traded, to be honest, where it flew kind of right in the beginning. And then it just is basically back to 0% up. Um, I could see this returning to somewhere near now. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, and it is important to note, as you mentioned, uh, SPACs do not have typical earnings reports, at least not yet. Um, and if you are considering investing, make sure you take some proper precautions as DWAC, uh, I saw in an article, may have broken some security regulations. Um, and according to Fortune, the financer Patrick Orlando has been uh, in, uh, in discussions with Trump over the SPAC merger months in advance of Dwack's public uh, debut. Now that might not seem like a big issue um, as SPACs are supposed to acquire other companies, um, right? But you would be correct by, by law, SPACs aren't supposed to have a merger plan before IPO and can only begin discussing mergers after they've uh, begun trading publicly. Um, so what are your thoughts on the risk factor in, in regards to that issue? Uh, I, you know, we always talk about it, just using proper risk management. I wouldn't, I, when it comes to SPACs, you really, the strategy that I've been discovering and learning more about from Stock Talk Weekly and SPAC Guru is just finding these SPACs that are close to the NAV, which is usually around $10 a share, and then treating it like, like a savings account, kind of, because you can reclaim those shares afterwards. If you're going to trade something that's 500% up in a week, probably you should use a stop loss. Um, that would be my suggestion in that area. Um, you know, stay away from short-term out-of-the-money options. Uh, I think they're offering options on it now. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have to like, in any case, know the risk because why are people chasing it? Because there's potential high reward, right? Like there is that, they're not gonna get it from, I don't know, Ford you would think, but then Ford does what it did this week. But uh, yeah, there's there's a thrill and it's a it's a gamble. So you might as well make it like a calculated gamble. 
And taking the, uh, the uh, look at the market as a whole, SPACs do seem to be a lot more popular. Uh, and according to Renovative, uh, there were 165 global SPAC IPOs from January to October of 2020, nearly double that uh, of 2019 and five times that of 2015. Um, so what would your one piece of advice be considering uh, for those considering investing as uh, in any SPAC? Do your research. Uh, this is something that I learned very recently. In fact, I did a podcast last week with at SPAC guru from Twitter, who I consider to be one of the preeminent authorities on SPACs. They are retired M&A and investment banking analyst, uh, or senior manager from Wall Street. And all they do is basically trade a lot of SPACs. And what he showed me was you could go on to something like SPACtrack.net and you can search up the SPAC and you can look at the team, right? You can see everything that they've been involved in for. So if you go on and the team's like, oh, they invested in, you know, Robinhood and like TikTok or whatever, like all these unicorns. And you can see, okay, they have a great track record. You can also see um, how much money they have in the bank, what the nav is. And like, you can actually do some research from that perspective. So uh, I'm putting that episode out tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. for anyone who's interested whenever they see this. Uh, so yeah, I would say do your research, but first you have to learn how to do the research. Yeah, great point. Uh, doing your own due diligence is extremely important. I've seen many people just decide to trade uh, based off of either tweets or some quick piece of content that they see, but you really got to dive into it and make sure you're understanding the risks. And now let's wrap up uh, with the meme coin that has been hitting uh, headlines recently, Shiba Inu. Uh, the cryptocurrency was released in August of 2020 with the intent of taking on Dogecoin and is now up 900% in the past month and recently passed Dogecoin with a market cap of $39 billion. Now in the white paper, uh, the founder of Shiba Inu, who goes by Ryoshi, um, explained that he created the coin to build a community-run and decentralized ecosystem. Now that is key because one of the most, uh, one thing that most of these meme coins have in common is their success is dependent on the strength of the community. Um, this might not be such uh, such a big problem in the short run, um, but continuously trying to get people to believe in crypto um, with some, some cryptos that have no ideologies behind it um, can be tough in the long run. So Gav, what are your thoughts uh, in regards to the market sentiment aspect of these meme cryptos? I can speak to Shiba and I can speak to meme overall. I think she was, you know, one of the more recent ones. They also have Saitama, which is the wolf one. Um, with Shiba specifically and with some of the others, I think you have to look at, you know, can a community be created? And the way that a community, that a community can be created is if something has utility, if it is a well thought out plan, right? It's, it doesn't have to be the best business plan in the world. It has to just be viable. And so, you know, there's a couple of problems with some coins um dogecoin for example with the amount of supply with the continuous supply with the lack of burn um, with other things like that where it's cool it, and but but there you have the, one of the strongest communities right kind of because it was the original it's kind of like when you look at crypto pumps um it was the original like people hold that and that's why i still hold some dogecoin because i think you know over time perhaps as the og of the meme coin it could do something but uh, you can look at Shiba, which is interesting. I hold, I grabbed some Shiba, I'm up a little bit on it. Um, I just saw sentiment moving. I saw the, you know, even on Google, the amount of people searching for Shiba just going up. And it's, it is an interesting experience to be able to own millions and millions of something for a few hundred dollars. Uh, with 
Shiba, there's a couple things. One, the market cap, or not the market cap, but the, the float, I guess, is what, one quadrillion in circulation, yeah, yeah. which is a large number. And they have, although, tried really hard with this burn. Like, they understand that coins need to go, and they do it in a lot of different ways, um, from transactional, uh, from a dev perspective. Their devs are very active. Their dev came into my Twitter space that I did on Shiba the other night. Um, you know, that, I think, like, shows the community something. And then, yeah, we'll see this loyal audience, you know, kind of build as the coin reaches a spot now where it's not potentially going to have the same type of growth that it already has. Uh, but overall, with the meme coins, I like the idea of getting a little bit of skin in the game on ones that have strong communities. And I think it should just be a tiny portion of your portfolio because I see it the same equivalent as going and buying a Powerball ticket for $128 million Powerball tonight. Like, may never do anything. Uh, small rush might win some money. Uh, that's how I treat it. I don't treat it as um, a significant investment in my portfolio. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a great analogy with the, the Powerball tickets because some I, there are some people that will invest in it thinking it's a super serious investment. They'll dump loads of their portfolio into it, um, but it's always better to uh, have portfolio allocation um, to prevent having uh, big and negative side effects to your portfolio. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us on the MBIT podcast. That wraps it up for today. And thanks to you, uh, Gav, for taking some time to be on the pod. It was a pleasure. And make sure to give him a follow at Gav Blacksburg. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. Good questions. Follow the pod so you don't miss out on future episodes. And there will be some exciting content coming up. And uh, thanks again, Gav. We'll see you in the next episode.